Let's Talk Crypto with Gabrielle Haynes. Scoopy Trooples. Hello. Hello, Gabriel. How are you doing, man? Shoopy or Troopy? It's Scoopy. <laughs> Both of your options were wrong. <laughs> ah, sorry. Scoopy. I, uh, I appreciate you. We had some technical difficulties coming into this episode. Um, you may hear a baby in the background. Don't at me. It's all good. My, my little one might run in and interrupt our podcast as well. So we'll see. Was that an alpha leak? <laughs> no, I got a little one. You know, I think <laughs> I've been pretty open about that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering if that was an alpha leak. Okay. Well, so tell me what's going on. How are you doing? How are you feeling these days? We're in a bear. You don't care? Uh, the bear is settling in. Um, you know, it's not my first radio. I, I was born in the 2018 bear market. You know, I saw my portfolio go from seven figures to, to five figures at that time. So I know Max Payne. And this, you know, I don't know. It doesn't feel the same. It definitely sucks. But it doesn't feel the same. I, it, like when everything dried up last time, there was nothing to do, nowhere to go, no real DeFi, you know, not a, only dApps you could play with were Ponzi's. Um, and now, you know, things are a, a lot different. You know, we got lots of emerging sectors. We have cross-chain coming up. DeFi is still, you know, expanding and new use cases are being made. And NFTs are blowing up. GameFi is blowing up. So, you know, right now, like NFTs are not in a bear market at all. Like that's all Twitter feed is now, just people posting their wins. And I'm just sitting on the sideline crying. <laughs> just because I don't like board eight yacht club art. Oh man, funny story. I was offered one like oh, no. back like months and months ago, just by like somebody in our in the alchemics community because they like board apes and they like me and they're like, oh I'll just you know just trade it, you know, just for like, you know, a few ALCX. And at the time I was like under the market price of a board eight yard yacht club. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, thanks for the offer. And I, I've been regretting it ever since. Wrecked, <laughs> wrecked. Uh, good, for that, good for that community member, you know, who was really generous to offer it to me and he got to keep it. And, you know, so now he's, he's upset, you know, I don't need all that extra 40 money. So it's all good. Well, that's... Yeah, so you're not in any. What you you must have some NFTs. Um, I have like a few axes. Um, I've got the the fucking trolls. <laughs> I minted those. <laughs> that was a bad one. I, I I minted Rebel Robots, and that one was like a nothing burger forever. And I just like listed everything, you know, like you know, double what the floor price was. And then one day everything was sold out and now they're like 10X from what my listing price was. I was like, oh, <laughs> next game again. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but whatever. You know, the NFTs are definitely not my, my thing. I have a, a bunch that don't do anything. I got a bunch of those numbers. Yeah, down bad. Uh, my loot bag down bad. <laughs> hold on, hold on. When did you get the numbers? Did you mint the numbers? 
I, I didn't mint the numbers. I got them and I was able to farm some magic with them. Um, yeah. And I still have some of the magic, but I, I was dumping most like when it was just coming out because nobody thought magic was legit at the time. It just seemed like it was a farm. And so I lost most of my magic. Correct. <laughs> Re- yeah, I, so I actually hodled my magic. I, Can you I, believe I regret- it? I regret many choices in my life, um, and it's clear to me that NFTs are, are not my thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, one of my friends just says, ape into this NFT, I might just start doing it in the future because I, I don't know how to price this market. I think it's all silly and dumb, but that's just because I don't understand it. You know, like I get that it's like a Beblin good of sorts, and I understand like why punks would, would get up that much, but like, you know, people paying like you know three hundred thousand dollars for a board ape just like does not compute in my brain and even if i had a board ape i would never have held it that high like i just know like psychologically i I could not have had you know strong hands to do that you know no because i i fundamentally you know like just haven't fully accepted the premise of NFTs and why they're valuable. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, what CMS would say, it's like, do you, wanna, do you wanna make money or do you wanna be right? Um, and I feel like I'm still like stuck in the, I wanna be right <laughs> camp when it comes to NFTs. You just gotta look, the celebrities are putting bored apes as their profile picture. I know, I know. And That's I think it's insane. Cringe. I, I don't like don't I think their art is so ugly and I don't like bored apes and you know like I'm happy for all the people who have made money on them and you know they're excited about their community and everything like that I don't want to bash them just personally it's like not my cup of tea at all yeah but okay you don't have to like the apes NFTs are for everyone I know I know it's just like, <laughs> it's just like a mental block about like nfts that i just have a hard time overcoming like for me like nfts in like a gaming context makes a lot more sense like that's something like i can geek out about like imagine like a runescape or diablo game that like you know where the loot is is like nfts like i would just gobble that up and i'd be like all right bye bye you know crypto DeFi. i'm just gonna be playing this game now you know but like just that, that that killer app that appeals to me hasn't uh, come out yet. Axie was pretty cool, and I you know I think you know they're really trailblazers in the space for you know having an actual game that came out with their NFTs and an economy that built around it and stuff like that. So mad respect to those guys, um, you know the Jiho in company. Um, yeah, very happy for them. Uh, I'm glad that I got some Axies early on and some some Axies land and stuff like that. So. Uh, that that's like my one you know happy moment about nfts um you know i uh, so here's max Payne. you know back in like uh early 2020 uh my friend uh crypto toast um was uh you know trying to get me into nfts um and you know at the time i had a little interest in it you know i had you know some axes um, I played that Clovers uh, kind of game. Like it was not really a game, but it was like an NFT uh, project. Um, and he was telling me to check out punks and stuff like that. 
and send me over to the larva labs website and there's like all these like punks there for like you know maybe around one ETH maybe the most expensive one I think it was like an ETH was like five ETH or something and I was just like you know I I, I just don't feel like it's justifiable to spend an ETH just on a you know just some pixels like our you know stuff like that like if it was cheaper I might do it you know but whatever it's already pumped on ETH it's probably not going to go up much more you know I don't see the value in this and so instead I went to Avastars because I listened to a podcast about that and I was like man Avastar sounds really cool and I went and bought like three ETH worth of Avastars instead of buying like even just one punk and yeah, so so obviously NFTs are, are not my thing. Uh, I'm a terrible judge of NFTs and you should never even think of me as an NFT influencer. I've been called an NFT influencer on Twitter and I'm just like scratching my head. I'm like, do you guys know, you know, my existential pain when it comes to NFTs? No, I'm not an influencer. I'm like, like the opposite of it. If I say buy this NFT, then don't buy that NFT. If I say it's trash, then buy it, right? Do the opposite of what Scoopy would do when it comes to NFTs. I even get like people in my DMs that are like, yo, you're an NFT influencer, you know, <laughs> give you this, show my project. And I just, you know, like, no, no. Trust me, you don't want the, the Scoopy kiss of death. Trust me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you kiss those anyway. Sorry, you kiss those trolls real hard. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully the, the, the fucking trolls becomes a smash hit and then I'll be vindicated. <laughs> I, I doubt it. Somehow I doubt it. <laughs> Is that like a thing the troll holders say? I'm going to be in the cave? <laughs> I have no idea. Like somebody like we're in a discord and we kind of like, you know, share like you know, alpha with each other and somebody posted like the mint minting contract to, to, to the trolls. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take a punt. This is me after like Max Payne. Like this is like the the the, the deep uh, the NFT season back like I guess like in September when stuff was like popping off. Um, and uh, I was sick of seeing everyone else making so much money on NFTs. I started trying to pl- play the mint game and stuff like that as well, and getting into it. And I did okay. Loot, you know, made some money on loot um you know and then i just rolled those profits into more nft flipping and stuff like that and you know i did pretty well with the pengus as well but i still have my one pengu um but like you know and just, it's just not for me like i feel silly doing it i'm like i'm like what am i doing with my life i'm, I'm shopping around for you know like twenty thousand dollar jpegs like what, the, what what is wrong with me like i won't buy my wife this like ring that she wants to buy but i'll buy myself this, this picture of this you know and trying to spin it to myself as an investment like it's I an don't investment know. bro i i mean i guess i guess buying like a rolex is the you know same concept uh, it, it just like i don't know uh, i like i i like money and wealth and the stuff that comes with it but i've never been into like luxury goods fedling goods or anything like that status stuff like that it's never appealed to me it's more like wealth is more just like a vehicle for my own freedom more than like a, a way to acquire material goods and stuff like that okay what is the most material object you own i mean most expensive object i own is probably my gaming rig okay tell me about that what, what wow what kind of gaming rig you got I, I'm, I'm just a modest person i don't it's not even that expensive i oh, have okay, like okay. A, a 2080 uh you know ti in there i mean it's a pretty expensive graphics card in this market and everything like that 
And I got like at the time, you know, one of the the top uh, AMD cards. Do you have a car uh, though? Do you have a car? Oh, uh, currently I do not have a car. No, okay. I'm, I'm I'm grounded. Um, no you're need to have a car. You're now. grounded? What? What is it? You just don't leave the house? What does that mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. As in, I don't have wheels. I don't have wheels. Oh, um, how do you get around? You know, I, I do you- live, like. No, I just live like really close to like a train station. So it's like, you know, 99% of my needs, I just use public transportation. Oh, okay. Train station. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Like, what's the point of having a car? I wanted to buy a Tesla for a while, but sort of like, eh, you know, I can wait. I got it. I got a Tesla, actually. Mm -hmm. It's pretty nice. I'm wanting to get a PS4 and like, you know. It's so weird. Like I'll have no problem spending like three, four hundred dollars on an Ethereum con- uh, con- uh, like a contract interaction, but like when it comes to like buying like a console that's double its MSRP because of scalpers and stuff, like I just can't bring myself to do it. Like there's so many weird little psychological things out there. Like how can I spend ETH like you know on transaction costs like it's nothing, but like I I won't. I'll be cheap for myself in regular life. It's weird. I kind of never grew out of being a frugal person, even after, you know, you know, quote unquote, crypto rich. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, it's good to have nice stuff, though. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days, one of these days, I'll, you know, I'll be going around in some gold chains and stuff, or, you know, flexing my wealth. But I don't know, maybe, probably not. That's just not me. You don't need to flex your wealth. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, if you're in a place that you don't need a car, I totally get I, that. I, I mean, rather like just people think I'm homeless on the street, right? Yeah. Like, well, mess with not, somebody, like they think it's the dreg of society, right? You don't want to be homeless. I mean, not <laughs> like you want to be presentable. Like, I get, I understand. Like, <laughs> you don't want to have Full normal 15 chains. But uh, <laughs> I want people to think I'm a total normie when I walk down the street. That's all. Just guy incognito. Yeah, I feel. I, I understand. I understand. Look what I got on a black hoodie. Completely. Like non- I, I'm like the type of person where I see like you know a classmate, like you know like from my hometown or whatever like that, like in a grocery store, and I see him down the aisle. I will even if they're like a friend, like I'll just like go down another aisle. And be like, yeah, I just don't feel like you know this right now. I just I didn't plan on this when I came to the store. I just want to get my shit and get out. Like, oh well, no, hold on, that's a totally that's different. Kind of me. That's a di- I'm with you on that as well, but that's different. That's more like I don't want to talk to people. Which listen, I'm totally with you. I don't really want to talk to people either. Like it's like a whole thing. You don't really want to talk, talk to them. It's like. It takes energy. Yes, it does. I just want to talk to the people I want to talk to, you know, and not get roped into a conversation. I'm just gonna be like, you know, posturing like my, you know, my body language and say, I really don't want to be here, but the person's not gonna pick up on that and just rope me into some stupid conversation that lasts forever. I'm like, oh man, uh, I'm too nice to just say fuck off. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you pretend not to see them. Yes. It probably works. (laughs) <laughs> that's okay that's okay listen enough I, about my neurosis i've yeah. ignored plenty of people that even like if i'm wearing headphones and like i'm just walking someone asked me something maybe i just ignore them i just straight up ignore them 
okay. so you're that dude that ignores me when I go up and talk to him. Like, you know, I, I saw you at the store and I tried to get your attention, but you just never said hi. You know. <laughs> well, listen. If I know them, that's one thing. But if it's like, well, listen. Question is like, I mean, just have it, your headphones in as like plausible deniability. Exactly. Even if you're not listening to anything on the headphones. Exactly. That's that's the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of silence um i got out of a jaywalking ticket that way oh please i had headphones on and i was crossing the street but i wasn't listening to anything and and then the, like i started just crossing the street like away from the crosswalk and then this cop was like hey you what are you doing crosswalks there you're jaywalking and i just like didn't even turn back i'm like uh oh just keep on walking keep on walking keep on walking he like runs up to me he's like what are you doing i'm like huh huh he just like took out the head he's like why are you ignoring me like i have my headphones on officer <laughs> wow jaywalking ticket that's intense yeah i don't know i was also shocked because everybody jaywalks and this is the first time anybody ever gotten stopped like yeah you know, i don't know maybe i was wearing a hoodie you look suspicious listening to nothing <laughs> yes all right, so uh, tell me, give me, give me the alpha, spill it. Okay, um, so I mean, for those who don't know me already, I am a co-founder of Alchemix, um, and our long-awaited V2 is nearing completion. Uh, it's been done. It's just being audited and everything like that. Okay, okay. Um, it's been done since, like, mid-October last year, but we've been, yeah, audited, and it's taking a very, very, very long time to get the audit through, which is, you know, just kind of like not a bad thing. We want rigor. Um, we're using uh, Runtime Verification. They're uh, one of the top auditing firms uh, in the space. What uh, Maybe maybe even the world, they even audit like NASA projects and stuff like that, so like they're really top-tier guys, um, and like our the thing is only because our code base is really large and it's all completely fresh stuff. There's like no forking or anything copied from any other project. So everything's, you know, fresh, new stuff. Um, and it seems like this is going to, uh, the audit will be complete in like complete, complete in a couple weeks. And we're, we're aiming for a launch um, in the second half of February. Um, aiming for it, you know, of course, if the audit, you know, takes longer than we're expecting at this point, it's going to be pushed back, but that's what we're um, internally hoping for. And, you know, once we get the audit back, we'll, we'll announce our actual release date and stuff like that. Um, and we're really excited for V2 because it, it, you know, it basically upgrades everything about Alchemix and it makes everything about it better. Um, so the best way to do it is just kind of compare and contrast uh, our version one and our version two. So version one, so we'll just talk about the um, AlUSD product just for simplicity's sake here. In version one, you can only deposit dye, and then that dye only goes to the urine vault dye strategy. So that is uh, the yield that is essentially then repaying your your debt, your AlUSD debt. Um, in version two, um, that changes a lot. So we're opening up different collateral types. Um, initially, it'll be dye, USDC, and USDT. Um, we're also really looking at other decentralized stable coins. 
Um, and the one that seems most attractive to be the first one we add after the initial ones is probably Frax. Um, very impressed with what Sam has been building, um, done a deep dive into their mechanisms. And I'm convinced that uh, it, it's going to be a very major stable coin uh, going into the future. It's not going to be a flash in the pan. Um, they have really strong pegging mechanisms, um, really strong mechanisms to expand and contract the supply, um, you know, according to market demands. Um, it's, they, they have this giant CVX flywheel that's been going on in the curve wars. So they're very well positioned um, and Sam is, you know, very nice uh, builder, and he works really hard, and he's you know securing liquidity across multiple chains. You know, so I think that's probably the most attractive uh, additional collateral that we could add um, to our USD. And then the fun part is now that V um, two is out, we're going to have the ability to add more strategies over time. So it won't be just constricted to Yearn. Now, Yearn will be what we launch with. Uh, it's safe. We trust Yearn. Um, all the adapters and everything like that are being under audit and stuff like that. Uh, but we all we are going to uh, add a bunch more strategies throughout the year. Um, the next crop will uh, have A tokens and C tokens uh, be audited. So we can uh, basically plug into any protocol that uses that, uh, that token design. So Compound, Rary, Aave, Geist over on Phantom, um, and things like that will definitely be uh, plugged, like, you know, be able to be plugged into Alchemix. Um, Rary Fuse is especially something I think I'm really excited about because, you know, we can collaborate with other uh, pool creators and even our own, you know, Rary Fuse pool and stuff like that that can be incorporated in Alchemix and, and some really interesting synergies open up there. Um, so with that in mind, so like, so now users have the ability to have multiple different collateral types deployed to multiple different strategies. It effectively becomes a meta yield aggregator where you can kind of custom tailor your stable coin position uh, to get like the best of the best yields that are available in DeFi. Um, and you can, you know, balance that however you want to between stable coins and even between strategies. And the cool thing is that this all rolls into like a composite total deposit for yourself. So if you had 10% over in urine dye, 20% in Aave USDC, and then the rest over in uh, you know, urine tether or something like that, it would just take all of your deposited balances and treat that as your collateral for borrowing. So it's not gonna be segregated into different vaults and stuff like that. Uh, it'll be a very good UX because, you know, you can just borrow off of your total deposits. And the reason we can do that is because, you know, unlike other uh, lending platforms, uh, we don't have liquidations. So that's why we're able to kind of build that composite, uh, you know, position for, for users. Uh, <clears throat> um, and let's see, what else? Did I miss anything? Um, there's one pretty cool developer feature um, that we have added to Alchemix V2, and that is uh, called delegated credit. Uh, people who are, um, you know, follow Aave closely might know what that is, but basically the way it'll work for us is like when you deposit, um, you know, stable coins into Alchemix, um, you then have like a credit or an amount of Al LUSD you can mint based off of it. Um, and this would allow other apps 
to essentially mint your credit on on their behalf. So imagine if like another protocol plugs into Alchemix, um, let's say like an options protocol. You want to have self-repaying options, right? So you would, um, you know, the the protocol would integrate Alchemix into it. So deposit whatever collateral goes into Alchemix and you would select the strategy and all that stuff. And then the, the, the application would then have the authority to mint LUSD when it needs to. So like if it's like options or like a perpetual product, imagine you have a funding rate on a perpetual product. You know, you got to keep on paying that interest to them. And Alchemix could automate that and create like a perpetual product and stuff like that. So there, there's some cool stuff involved with that. Um, and probably a lot more that, you know, just, uh, you know, is up to the imagination of builders. Um, so it's, it's also being built, yeah, exactly, with a composability in mind. We want people to build on top of Alchemix um, and enhance their own applications using us. And also we're really looking forward to DAOs sticking their, their treasuries into Alchemix um, because they can have a regenerative treasury through us. So the core idea is the same. Basically, mm -hmm. you can deposit different, just there's more collateral types and you can use all those collateral types to take out the LUSD loan. Um, and then it pays back itself. You come back uh, and then you have more credits after a month, two months, however long it is. Um, so basically, more strategies um, and you can add more strategies as you go along. Mm -hmm. Is that how it's set up? Yep. And collateral types. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Very flexible in that regard. Yep. And uh, so have you, and I know you had the uh, <clears throat> the ETH product as well. Is that getting upgrade, updated, upgraded? Yes. Yes. Uh, V2 is going to be across the board, um, you know, deployment. So any, you know, we're going to be using that contract going forward instead of the V1. Um, V1 product, you know, we're not going to decommission it right away because uh, people will have to migrate and we can't make them migrate. They'll have to do it manually. Um, so we'll still continue services for V1 uh, as long, um, you know, as there is uh, there are deposits in, in the system. Um, uh, you know, it might change the amounts that we, we harvest for yield repayments and stuff like that. If there's a lower amount of TVL, you know, uh, there'll be less frequent harvest because it becomes less economical to, to run those transactions on layer one Ethereum. Um, so like, but the, the, you know, the V1 stuff will still be going. So if you're in there, you don't have to migrate, but I would recommend migrating. Gotcha. Yes. Um, cool thing is when we get the, um, the A token wrapper audited, uh, that'll open up like a STETH and other ETH2 kind of like a, you know, liquid staking tokens uh, will be able to be accepted into Alchemix. And that's really exciting because uh, people are estimating that once the merge happens, um, ETH2 um, staking will yield around 9 to 10% APR. And that's basically better than anything else on the market for ETH. Because whenever there's any ETH yields on the market, it gets diluted really fast. If you find that ETH farm that's getting you 40, 50% APR, that's going to last maybe a few days at best until it compresses down to like what, you know, the average is. Uh, but the, the same will happen with those validator fees, right? Well, the, 
yes and no. So uh, of course you might see more people staking and stuff like that. Um, and what that'll do is it'll increase the total amount of ETH that is being emitted, um, but not like proportionally to the amount of people staking. Um, so APR might drop from like, you know, five to 4% base on like ETH2 staking. But then the other, the other part of it is the MEV stuff. So when these uh, flashbot, you know, miners and other like uh, MEV specialists are going in there, they're going to be bribing miners to get their transactions reordered and stuff. Um, and then those bribes, like that MEV bribes and that income will actually go towards increasing the APR for ETH staking. And that's why they're projecting it to be somewhere around nine to ten percent. Meaning that it's not going to the miners; it's going to the stakers, right? Yes, that's. I mean, yes, because you know, E two because there is no miners. It's going to uh, yeah, <laughs> kill the miners. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I mean, yeah, this is quite exciting. Quite exciting time. When is that actually? Is that scheduled for this year? V two. No eat the merge uh oh <laughs> i was about to say yes i hope so no uh, but the merge is supposed to be um uh actually like kind of pretty soon within a couple months i believe uh, really you know knowing the ef it's going to take longer than expected but you know once it happens nobody's going to remember the delays right right uh, uh. <laughs> is this the cardano um, situation here i don't know Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. We haven't had paperware for years, so no. Um, no, Ether. No, I think like the ETH, the merge is going to happen. I think it's going to be big. Uh, and then I think later in the year there's going to be um, when they open up state transitions on ETH two, and it, like the merge is completed, where if you have ETH two locked up, you'll be able to withdraw it and, and have that go, go back into ETH and stuff. Because right now, if you go in. You can't get out until that moment. So th that's all some stuff that we're really looking forward to. Um, I think everybody is, and Alchemics, we're looking forward to it too, because we can offer a better product if we use, you know, uh, STE or RE or, you know, any of the other, uh, you know, similar tokens. Shout out to Vitalik. It's his birthday today. No, oh, happy birthday, Vitalik. Thank you to our overlord, Vitalik, for the merge. <laughs> It was so funny. I was just randomly searching because uh, somebody told me there's like some Janet Yellen news. So I typed in like Janet Yellen in this Twitter search thing and I scroll down a bit and then I see like this old post from Vitalik from 2016. It's like, knock, knock, who's there? Janet, Janet who? Janet Yellen, you didn't raise your interest rates. <laughs> like, <laughs> like six years ago. So like, of course I retweet it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. <clears throat> That's uh, that's fantastic. That fantastic. So exciting new product. Um, got some new integrations, some more features, some some products we can build on top of. I always like that. Um, you mentioned the options. I don't know. Is there any other crazy creative ideas? Like what other self-paying stuff can you think of? Self-renewing ENS domain names. Oh. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know why that doesn't do already. Um, we can definitely do that in, in Alchemics V2. Um, another thing- How does that is, work though? What is the, I don't understand. Through delegated con, uh, delegated credit, basically you could stake some ETH, 
Um, and then, you know, if it, when you stake the ETH, then you can mint the out ETH. So if you authorize um, a contract to then, you know, be able to spend that out ETH, the, you know, if like keeper bots are like set up for, you know, transactions like this, then, you know, uh, you know, one of these keepers can, can hit the button and then it'll, you know, mint some out ETH from your account and trade it over to ETH and then renew your, um, your ENS. Oh. So, and since it's regenerating, you know, and, and the cool thing about ENS is that, um, like, it's priced in like dollars when you're when you're doing stuff over there. So, you know, if you bought an ENS like a couple of years ago when ETH was like two hundred dollars, you spent a lot more ETH than you would have if you bought it today, because you know as ETH goes up in price, you actually have to spend less ETH on ENS stuff. So, I think we all expect in the extreme long term that ETH is going to go up, right? In the day, you know, year to year, week to week and stuff like that, nobody really knows. But I think in the long term, everyone's expecting it to go up a lot. So because of that, it's going to, you know, in between like alchemics being regenerative for your, you know, your balances and stuff. I, I think that you know, like just even like a few ETH in there would probably be enough to, you know, keep your uh, ENS renewed indefinitely without any maintenance. A few ETH, that seems like a lot. I feel like renewing is pretty cheap there. I mean, just to have like a huge buffer, just in case, you know, I'm oh, sure yeah. like you could probably get lower and stuff like that for sure. Got you. That's kind of, that's the concept in my head right now. Um, so I have to do some more research about like how to do it and what the specifics are, but there's no reason we can't do it. Um, and that would also kind of work into kind of like a model that we want to make um, is and this is just something like, you know, floating around our heads. We haven't like started making it yet, but uh, it's a cool concept. So right now, like, you know, if you're, you know, like for internet, like, like to pay for things, essentially, um, you either have a subscription model or you just serve ads uh, to your, you know, to your viewers and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know about you, but I hate advertisements, like. I, I just, you know, deep down in my soul, I, I don't like advertisements and I have kids and, you know, and I hate when they're like glued to the TV and they're watching advertisements and then they start bugging me for a toy that they saw on TV and stuff like that. Um, I just think that it's not good for people to be exposed to advertisements a lot. And so like in a, in a way to cut that out, um, it might be cool like to use Alchemics for streaming money for subscriptions. Um, so you put in a deposit to Alchemics and then, you know, Alchemics will then manage your subscription, you know, as long as that is, as it can, you know, with the deposit you put in. And I think that's a really cool use case uh, because then, you know, platform can still get money, but they don't have to, you know, appeal to, you know, clickbaity things and you know, put advertisements all over their website and stuff like that. So that, that's something I'm, I'm interested um, in and exploring and, you know, working with other you know, partners and stuff like that to, you know, make it happen. Uh, that's probably something a little bit more long-term than our immediate like roadmap, but definitely something I'm thinking about. I would definitely use that. I mean, I really want some sort of like to make like a paid group where it's like a, on like you stake a certain amount and it's just like, then you get access to the chat, but like, that doesn't really exist. Like you could buy an NFT, which unlocks a chat, 
then it's just like one time. Mm-hmm. I'd rather if it was ongoing, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, and I think that's definitely missing. I think that'd be cool. You know, you, you deposit $500 for your membership and you can withdraw it at any time and leave. Exactly. Get all your money back. Right. Exactly. I think that's really cool. Exactly. And you're just, you're basically just. And you can just, do that without mixing and keep a neutral, like no debt, because anytime um, there's a debt repayment in the system, you'll just get more credit. So you can just mint from your credit. Like if you don't borrow anything and then there's a debt repayment that happens, you just get credit in the system. So it's the same thing. It's essentially like putting it into a, a yield farming contract or you know, staking contract or something. Yeah. You're just, you're just sending the interest to support whatever you want. I think that's, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really like, and you could do, you could do that for charity also. Just like imagine just like the same idea. You just stake a certain amount and just the interest goes to the charity every month. Fantastic. There was actually um, an early dye experiment that did that. I think it was called R dye. And it used the, the dye savings rate, which, you know, has kind of turned to nothing because of, you know, various factors that happened in DeFi, but um, where basically it would stream the die interest rate payments to a different address. And, you know, that's kind of like the precursor to this, where I think Alchemix might have a little bit more flexibility and, and power behind it in the way it works. So, and not be reliant on the, the die savings rate. I think it would be cool also. I know you don't like NFTs, the pain NFTs, but um, I, I like NFTs. I just, yeah, you know, I suck at it. Like, I like some NFTs, some. If you could, if you made, if you like, you minted that subscription as an NFT. Mm-hmm. So you could just like transfer it, sell that NFT, like if you wanted to get rid of it or, and then if it, like people stop paying, then it just, the NFT dies, just like stops working. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's cool. Uh, I think that'd be awesome for like a, a Tamagotchi game. Okay. Well. If, you it, if you don't feed it, eat like, you know, at a, you know, when it's hungry, then it just dies and it burns itself. <laughs> and, uh... No, I actually had a funny uh, idea that I, I shared with Dean Eagerman. Um, I don't know if you know him on Twitter. He's like early to Ethereum. He, he used to work on status. It was like a Discord style messenger built on Ethereum. Um, and he's like, you know, I'm going to make something crazy, you know, give me your, your crappiest ideas or whatever. And then I, I said, okay, make a rebasing token. That's a Tamagotchi game where if you feed it at ETH, enough ETH, it rebases positively. And if you don't feed it enough ETH, it rebases negatively. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I think that actually is like, like, I think that would kind of work, especially if that ETH would then go towards like, you know, liquidity and stuff like that for the token. I think that'd be really cool. So, I think you can anybody, like, oh, go ahead. I'm not going to do it. That's for sure. I got too much going on. Someone will build it on top of Alchemix. Um, I feel like you could also put like a farming UI on top of that. So like, you're growing your crops if you don't grow if you grow them you get the yield if you don't then you then you lose out or something i don't know <laughs> that'd be cool yeah 
you come back a week later and everything's on fire. It's like, ah, I didn't see, I didn't take care of my farm. I like it. I like it. <clears throat> so uh, what, what else, what else has been taking up your, some of your time? Has there been, oh, actually you brought up Frex uh, and we've had a lot of, um, there's been a lot of drama lately about MIM. Have you been uh, paying attention? Yeah, I've been paying attention. I've been trying to, to stay out of it. Um, you know, like, I think, you know, having a known criminal and then, you know, Danny knowing about it, um, you know, for a while before, she, you know, the truth came out, like, it's, it's not a good look for sure. Um, and I think it's definitely going to catch the attention of regulators um, and maybe make the space a little bit, uh, you know, harder to be in uh, because of the increased scrutiny and attention. Um, so like, I think that's like kind of the blowback effects of all of this, um, uh, you know, and it sucks because like I, I've been talking to Danny for a while and, you know, I like Danny, really, really nice. Um, after the Al ETH incident um, with uh, Alchemix, he offered, you know, to give Alchemix like a 0% interest loan to help us like pay things back and stuff like that. And luckily we didn't have to do that. Um, but, um, you know, like in all my interactions with him, he, you know, he's been a nice guy and to see, you know, it's I simultaneously feel bad for him and all the stuff he's going through. And I know how hard it is to deal with, you know, when people are out to get you or they're, they're clowning you and fudding you and stuff like that. And it sucks. Um, but at the same time, it was also disappointing that he kind of shielded the truth about, um, about Sifu um, for as long as he did. Um, so, you know, at this point, it's just uh, just watching the curve pool to see, you know, if it's going to depeg and stuff like that. And, you know, and then so far it looked like it was going to like fall off a cliff. But then just because of the way that um, kind of like CDP systems work is that if the stable coin that you just borrowed is now worth less than when you borrowed it and you had traded it for something else, then it's economical to pay it off. Like you can make an easy two, three percent by arbitraging the peg and stuff like that. So, you know, because of that, like, you know, spell or not spell, but MIM has been able to hang on at like 98, 99 cents pretty well, despite the massive bank run that happened. Yeah. That's a testament to curve as well. They have um, their curve pool has an A parameter called uh, 2000. So people don't know what the A parameter is. Um, imagine like a, the Uniswap formula and it draws like this, this really nice, smooth curve, right? And wherever that like the middle of that curve is, like that's the price point. Uh, that's where, you know, the trade is. But if you're going to be trading a lot, you're going to move pretty far on that curve. And the farther you move on that curve, like in Uniswap, the more slippage there is. Um, whereas in curve, this A value, it kind of creates this flat surface where the tokens can trade one-to-one -one at. Um, and despite there being imbalances in the pool, it can still maintain that. And the higher the A value is, the bigger the surface where the tokens are traded one-to-one -one exists. But also at the same time, the higher the A value is, the, the closer you get to the cliff, like at the, the curve, so either side of the curve, the faster it falls off. So it's like a dangerous situation. But when it's at that like knife's edge, 
is extremely profitable for arbitragers. And that's why the peg has not completely collapsed at this point. Right. I think that's um, a pretty, it's a pretty important point. I actually just drew this over here. Do you see my screen? That's perfect. You got, yeah, you, you described exactly what I was saying. So, so on the left, we have like Uniswap, which is supposed to be just like a regular curve with no surfaces. So as the price moves, you can have big swings. So if you had two stable coins and there was a big, and MIM, for example, like it is out was 98% of the pool, it would be all the way down here and it would be priced almost be at like zero. It'd be like two cents. Right. But curve, the way it's built is it has this flat area over here and then the curve will continue out over here. And in this flat area, basically, it's always priced at $1, right? Yes. And that's uh yeah that's the that's that's the big innovation of curve is to have that um and that's why they're that's why they're able to offer better prices for like assets yeah so thank you for uh, pointing that out this is the this is the alpha leak for all the listeners <laughs> out there um it's, it's a testament to curve really you know they, they built something really awesome and it's crazy how um, Curve is like the center of DeFi, the Ethereum DeFi. Like everything Stable is just economy, yes, goes through Curve. When I was like just just getting started, <laughs> I feel like I'm just getting started every day. But maybe a year or two ago, a year ago, I was always wondering like, why is everyone trying to make a stable coin like why is this like something that back then like everyone's trying to do uh what was it dsd esd like what what is this and even going back to the beginnings of ethereum even they were the people were trying to make these stable coins and even the maker is the first dap it is like also making a stable coin never understood why it was so important but i see like as time goes on like it stable goes before Maker, man. The stable coins, like decentralized stable coins, started by an unlikely person. It was actually Dan Larimer. Okay. EOS fame. He had a there, there was a chain called BitShares. Okay. And yeah. And BitShares tried to do all sorts of like, you know, decentralized Forex stuff. They had like you know, bit USD, bit Japanese yen, bit Chinese yuan, bit euro, and things like that. It failed spectacularly. Like they never really hit their peg, and they weren't very useful and stuff like that. But that was like the first uh, earliest experiment. And in fact, MakerDAO was originally going to be built on BitShares. Wow. Yeah. So that's some fun trivia. What happened though? And, you know, it just Ethereum came along. You're like, okay, let's build on Ethereum. Because it was just better. You know, you have a Turing complete, you know, programming language in Ethereum, whereas other ones, you know, had, you know, ones that are based on Bitcoin have a, you know, simplified scripting language that really limits what you can do in programming a smart contract. That's that's crazy. So there you go. Even I, I I'm getting an education here. I'm being schooled. Yeah. Take it to school to DeFi school. The reason why like stable coins, you know, have risen so much is because I think a lot of people realize that that paying in crypto is 
you know, not the best experience. You know, if you're if you're doing things right, anytime you you pay with Ethereum or Bitcoin or some other crypto coin, you have to do a like break out the slide ruler and do some in, intense mathematical calculations to find out your tax obligation for for you know making this purchase and stuff like that. And I think that's just like you know not not going to help adoption. Also, you know, retailers, uh, merchants, you know. They they don't want to accept a, a volatile currency because you know that that product they just sold for you know hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin could be sixty dollars worth of Bitcoin the next day, right? It could also be two hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin. Yeah, that's good, but you know these these are businesses; they're not you know degens. <laughs> so I think having stable coins um, for payment rails um, and stuff like that is is very important. Um, it, you know if the day when we start saying like USDC dies accepted here is going to be a huge win for for crypto and stuff like that. Um, and, and probably a lot of it will even be abstracted away where you'll just have USDC and you know some special account and then it'll be hooked up to a credit card and all that stuff will just be done for you as well. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. And the other part of it is that like, you know, I think in 2017, a lot of people like they didn't want to leave crypto. They didn't want to get out of crypto, but at the same time, they didn't feel very comfortable with Tether, you know, cashing out the Tether. There was a lot of FUD at the time. Um, so I think a lot of people, you know, when they're building their wealth in crypto and stuff like that, they, they like to store it in stable coins um, or at least some of it in stable coins um, because, um, you know, it's, it's annoying to then have to go into fiat and then bring the fiat back into crypto and stuff like that. It's easier to just keep it in there and then you can take advantage and, and DeFi and stuff like that. So it seems like a really natural fit for, for you know, or the natural way that things were gonna go. And I also probably say that like, since all that stablecoin liquidity is still in DeFi, it's kind of like a stabilizing effect on the ecosystem because that money didn't just like evaporate and leave crypto, it's still there. You know, a lot of it's still there. So it's just waiting to be redeployed essentially. So that lag that's gonna take for people to get back into it once the, you know, the bear is over, it's gonna be shorter in my opinion. Yeah, that's what's so interesting that it's not like people are selling to their bank. They're just selling to their crypto account, farming yield. Where'd the money go? What are they buying? What did they buy? Nothing, it's just there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And, you know, I, I honestly think that like, yeah, the, the, this bear market's not going to be anything like the 2018, 2019 bear market. That was brutal. That was like, what am I even doing with my life? Brutal. <laughs> Everything was down 95% except for Bitcoin. You mentioned at the top that you went from seven figs to five figs. Yep. That must've been brutal yeah started at four figs got up to seven then down to five so it was higher than i was at the beginning of it all i got in like 2016 uh, but still i didn't sell i, I became a bag holder or a community member for too many bad projects that were just vaporware lesson learned i've become a lot more skeptical since then what were you do? i guess it was just like trading at the time like just like ICOs. yeah you know I, one of the best ones i did was actually tron 
like you know like that was the dumb moon boy didn't know any better i read the white paper like oh i gotta get this this is awesome i got you know like i bought like you know a nice bag of it like around like two cents and then like you know a couple of days after christmas it was like 27 cents i'm like uh sell 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 <laughs> and uh, that was like my biggest win uh and that's what allowed me to stay at five figures and not go down below that. <laughs> wow. Tron and still around all these years later, still Ch- Justin Sun chugging along. Apparently Justin Sun has left the Tron Foundation. No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's just like a, a, I think he just enjoys being a whale. Like um, when there was that Abe FUD after the cream hack, remember that like about uh, the x token and stuff um x so cream got hacked uh, because there were some sophisticated exploit using okay. urine vault tokens okay um, manipulating the internal oracle price of them um and then that same vulnerability existed in x sushi which was on uh abe and when uh you know it was like i think mark zeller and andre were like beeping on twitter or something like that um like about it or bandig i think it was bandig um then uh justin sun must have been reading that and he pulled out his liquidity from abe and it was like five billion dollars <laughs> it's like wait what ah this clown he's got that much money it's crazy he did a good sale what can i say <laughs> <laughs> Did you see he bought the uh, the punk the board ape clone for like a bill like I don't even know how much you pay it like five million dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't mean anything to him. I mean, he spent five million dollars to have dinner with Warren Buffett. That like, is amazing. <laughs> dude is yeah, stupidly rich. Well, and, I mean, and I guess like now that he's. I guess we'll we'll find out what his new project is or if he's just going to enjoy being a whale semi-retired. It might be best. No chance. You can, like, you just can't. How can you muster, like, the energy to do anything when you're like that? Like, it's like, what? You're just going to, like, chill. I don't know. Unless there's something you really, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, like, so into alchemics, like, it's, like, a problem, like, even though it, you know, has, you know, increased my wealth and stuff like that, and, you know, my net worth is, you know, very nice, I'm not gonna, you know, toot my heart too much, but, like, I find, before I got into alchemics and crypto and stuff like that, I was not a workaholic at all, like, I was, you know, self-described, very lazy person, um, but now, like, I just can't stop working because I'm just so into it. Like, it's almost a problem. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I always, uh, I guess I realized that, like, it's not about me being a workaholic or not. It's just me finding something I really like doing. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's good to hear, you know. But there is, that's, that's not, uh, you know, my motivation at all. Much to my surprise. Well, you know, that's good. Keep at it. Keep chugging along, you know. Maybe one day you'll start your own L1 and then you'll make a Bored Ape clone that you'll buy. Thank you. 
If I make a chain, it'll be a roll up or a Cosmo attendees or something like that. I don't want to have a whole L1 that I'm responsible for. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, so you've thought about this? <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, just the right about it with you, like it's like, <laughs> like running a DeFi app is already puts you in the in the spotlight a lot and stuff, and you know. I can't imagine, you know, getting to something that's like 10x the scale, 100x the scale of that, right? You know, and have a whole chain and apps running on you. And then you'll have to have like, this is a lot that goes into it. And like, you can have a small team in a DeFi app, but like, if you're going to have like a, a whole chain, you're going to need lots and lots and lots and lots of people. And trying to manage a team like that like it's probably not my cup of tea like we're we're like a, like 13 members in alchemix and our team um and i sometimes i feel like that's a little bit hard to manage 13 is imagine. a lot yeah we added a few people recently and we were nine last month and now we're 13. well yeah. congratulations yeah, growing yeah, this 2022 roadmap so we're trying to get the help that we need to deliver on it um fantastic fantastic what did you tell me what else is on the roadmap down the line you, you mentioned the uh yeah. so big one that i'm most excited for and that's also the next one coming is the alchemics amo algorithmic market operator what is so um this is taking a lot of inspiration from frax so Frax has uh, developed the concept of the AMO. And essentially the way it works is that um, if Frax is above the target peg, which is 99.8 cents in USDC, then they can increase the supply of Frax. And their biggest strategy that they do this in, they have many, many strategies, but the biggest one they have is for their Frax three curve pool. And where anytime like the pool is overbalanced three curve, they mint frax into it to increase the supply without bringing it below its peg. So they can increase the supply. And then the AMO strategy then puts that into convex, which allows them to yield farm with it um, to get curve and CVX tokens. Um, and then they use those CVX tokens to then grow their pools as well, because they can vote in, you know, curve and, and convex using them. Um, and this has allowed Frax to go from being around a 300 million supply, um, like six months ago, to now being like, like 3 billion in supply. And they own about 1.3 billion dollars of the liquidity in the curve pool at this point as well so it's a fantastic flywheel and how they've done it and it's allowed them to grow and the cool thing about this strategy is if frax depegs and goes under the peg all they do is withdraw frax from the curve pool single-sided and burn it and then it brings it back the peg so they have a lot of power and fine-grained controls in managing their peg. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I think it's gonna be one of these stable coins that actually, you know, makes it out of this kind of, you know, 
you know, kind of Cambrian explosion of uh, stable coins that we've seen this past year. So how are you adopting that for your, for Alchemix? Um, working on, uh, with Yearn to make a, a, a Yearn vault for it. Um, right now we can only accept kind of like the, the naked collateral ones um, from Yearn. So like, you know, DAI has the DAI vault, USDC has their vault and stuff like that. But a lot of the other tokens, they just have a, the curve LP version on, on Yearn. So like, like for, for example, MIM, they have the MIM3 curve pool. And that's on on um, on urine and stuff like that. And we can't natively accept that in Alchemix V2 right now, uh, but we are working on a strategy to where those could be accepted um, in Alchemix. So all that convex stuff can just you know be on Alchemix as well in the future. So that's something I'm incredibly bullish for because if we can do that, then we're basically going to be at the top layer and have the best deals. Um, and why would you farm in, in you know, convex if you can get the same, if not better APY on Alchemix and also have CDP functionality built in, right? Sort of seems like a no brainer at that point. And if somebody else comes along and builds something on top of convex, we can just build on top of them. So we can always ensure that we're gonna be at the top layer. That's that's something I'm really excited about. It's like, why would you go anywhere else if you can have everything that you want in DeFi and self-repaying loan on top of it? So that's kind of my my part of my bull thesis. The other part is like the, this AMO. So let me get back into it. So I talked to you about the Frax one. Alchemics would have something very similar to it, but we don't have the ability to just like, you know, print it LUSD. And I think that since that's not built into the protocol, um, in our protocol works a very specific way, it wouldn't be very good for us to pivot and do exactly what they're doing. But instead we have um, a pig stability module in Alchemics called the transmitter. And both the AlETH and AlUSD transmitters are just stuffed. They're so deep, like um, the AlUSD transmitter has like 190 million die and the AlETH transmitter has something close to 80,000 ETH. Now imagine we, repurpose the transmitter where instead of having the full 190 million there being available for the public to use whenever you know it needs to be used we can put that into like a smaller bucket maybe put like you know 10% of it into the transmitter and then the rest of that transmitter can then go and become an lp into our curve pools so all of a sudden imagine like 190 million die just floods into it it's going to you know, bolster the peg by a lot, creating a premium. That premium would then, you know, encourage more arbitraging and TVL and alchemics, which would also incidentally grow the AMO. And then since we would own like, you know, half of the liquidity um, in that pool by doing this, um, and then we, if we then do what Frax does and put it in convex, it can help us to create our own CVX flywheel as well and curve flywheel. Um, and so by doing this, we would have finer grain peg controls, because if it ever gets imbalanced, we can just pull out LUSD single-sided and put it into other things in DeFi or just take it off the market altogether. And we're going to be essentially turning our biggest liability, which is um, incentivizing um, liquidity into something that could actually be profitable for us. And the reason why it could be profitable 
is that when you go onto Vodium um, and you use their incentive system, like colloquially known as bribing, um, there's typically like a 2x multiplier. So if we put in $100 worth of incentives, that pool will then be rewarded you know, $200 in curve and CDX incentives. Does that make sense? That's why so many people are bribing, so many pro uh, projects are bribing is because of that multiplier. It's more efficient than using your own token. Um, and if we had half liquidity in there and we have a 2X multiplier, then we basically make back everything that we just bribed for the protocol. Um, and furthermore, we already have been acquiring CVX for some time. When we then vote for our own pools, we get rewards and ALCX for voting for our pools. So that becomes a rebate. So that even adds even more savings to our like liquidity mining incentives and stuff. So it's going to help alchemics not only you know, have better you know, peg controls, uh, but also it's going to bring our biggest liability into something that can be profitable for alchemics. And I think that's really, really awesome. Wow, that's uh, this is some gigabrain stuff going on right here. You yes. got flywheels on flywheels here. Yes, yes. So that that's that's what I'm excited about, and um, we're also working on um, DAO, um, and we're going to be doing something that's kind of in the vein of V tokenomics. Um, it's still in flux a little bit about the specifics, uh, but. Uh, yeah, we're going to be moving towards a something more similar to a V model. Or not, yeah, it's not going to be like a straight up copy of what Curve is doing. Um, there's a number of things that, um, you know, we we figured out that are not the best about it, um, about the V system and stuff like that. And as somebody who has you know a decent amount of V curve locked up, there's some things I don't like about it, and trying to address those things uh, and make a system that, you know. Like if a convex shows up and tries to you know build on top of it, that a lot of the value will still go to the ALCX holders and not to the the app building on top of us. As a, I mean, like right now the CDX market cap is higher than Curve, for example. That makes sense. Wow, that's yeah. pretty crazy, actually. Yeah, and, and the reason is because all these bribes, they're, they're not going to, to curve holders, they're going to CDX holders. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's mm -hmm. some bribes going to curve holders, but it's not like as huge as a program as like what Vodium is doing. Um, so, so trying to make for those things. So the DAO is going to be big. Um, yeah, V2 is going to be big. This AMO is going to be big for us. And um, we're also going to be working on adding more assets. Um, and there's there's a number of uh, L assets that we're gonna be targeting. Some of them are like, you know, like one of them that we, we already talked about pretty openly is LBTC. And that one's more to, to complete the trifecta, you know, the prestige assets, USD, ETH, and BTC, you know. Um, I don't expect BTC to be as big of a product as uh, the USD or ETH products, um, but still, I think it's really good for us to have that. And then, you know, we, we've had some good relations with Olympus DAO, and there's been a lot of talk about an Al Ohm, and uh, we're trying to make that happen. 
And there's a couple other uh, tokens that I think are really smart for us, uh, not only because they uh, have really good yields, but also serve like uh, some strategic uh, objectives for upcomings as well. So, um, so that's also in the pipeline for 2022 is more L assets, V2, AMO, and the DAO. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Very good. Uh, very exciting. The future is bright. What yeah, I'm excited too, man. Like, <laughs> um, auditing to go faster. Uh, everyone's like, when V2, but no one's like, how V2? How V2? How V2? Um, well, I think that we, we kind of covered how V2, actually. But um, that's exciting, exciting stuff. Um, is there any, do you give any consideration to any integrations with the LUSD? I mean. LUSD? Yeah. I like LUSD. Um, they're, they're very decentralized, um, even to the point where they're front ends, they don't even host their own front ends. Um, they're pure, only take ETH as collateral. I like, a, I like LUSD, I think it's, you know, like what the original die vision was. Um, and I would be open to having LUSD on Alchemix. The only issue with LUSD is that it's, you know, it's peg sometimes is inconsistent. Like last time I checked, it was like a dollar three. Um, and then like a, a month or two back, it had some struggles and it was like at 98 cents for, for like over a week and stuff like that. And one of the core assumptions of Alchemix V2 is that a stable coin is worth $1. The DAI is worth a dollar, the SDT is worth a dollar, you know, all of them are worth a dollar. And if one goes over the peg, it's not bad for Alchemix at all. Um, because essentially LUSD becomes a composite uh, token of all of the different collateral types. So it takes on their characteristics. Okay, a little piece of each of them. So if you know a decent amount of the collateral backing in LUSD is worth more than a dollar a token, um, then when somebody uses the the transmitter module, they can get more than a dollar for that LUSD, which would then have positive price pressure on LUSD. But the same thing is true if it goes under a dollar. So there are some things that we can do to limit the scope of that that and. Um, uh, we have uh, deposit caps for each asset and each strategy. So we could limit the amount of LUSD that goes into Alchemix. Um, and then as its peg as it becomes more consistent over time, uh, increase that. Um, and there's also something called a, um, a convertible cap. So this, is, this refers to the fact that with Alchemix, you can repay your LUSD debt using either LUSD or a collateral token. Um, and the collateral cap sets a limit on how much can be repaid globally in a 24-hour span using collateral tokens. So imagine like, the reason it's there, imagine like, um, you know, Tether, you know, gets in trouble and it, it, it falls off its peg and stuff like that. And this all happens in the span of like, you know, 15 minutes or something. Um, then somebody could then take this now worthless tether and mint LUSD with it and then pay off their loan using worthless tether and stuff like that. 
and then do this again and again and again and again to arbitrage and get out of their worthless tether position. Um, and the convertible cap um, is a system that would mitigate this scenario and not let it get past a certain point because we do have other security measures like a you know like a, a guardian mode, but those ones like trying to do like on-chain analysis and using oracles and, and things like that to, to shut the system down automatically in case something like this happens um, is unrealistic because there's oracle lag and just doing kind of these kind of on-chain on forensics is, is really, really, really hard. Hard to do in Web 2, harder to do in Web 3. Um, so by having this system in place, it'll give us enough time to then activate the guardian mode while also not suffering huge consequences or limited with that damage that could have happened in such an attack. Like even if like, you know, there's an Oracle controlled thing, sometimes the Oracle doesn't update for 15 minutes. So in that time frame, you know, the same thing could happen. So that's why we have that system. Right, right. All right. Um, so with those things, I, I think that we could safely add LUSD. Um, we just have to really consider about how much we would allow it uh, to be deposited in town Chemex. I got you. I got you. All right. All right, Mr. Truples. Um, I think we need to wrap it up over here. But I really appreciate you taking the time, doing the deep dive on the stable coins. And I'm excited to see the next version of uh, Alchemix. I, maybe, uh, maybe someone else will buy a boat this time. <laughs> I hope so. That's the goal. I want people to use Alchemix for its intended purpose instead of just you know, obsessing over token price sometimes. Maybe you'll buy a boat. That would be nice. Maybe a jet ski. <laughs> jet ski, jet ski. Okay, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> okay, again, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you as always. We'll talk again soon. All right, man. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you later.